0: Hello everyone, Dan here with a little bit of a surprise gift for you all to enjoy over the holiday period. Long-time listeners of the show know that back in summer of this year, I recorded a six-part mini-series titled Rights and Wrongs with my buddy and best-selling author John L. Monk. Since we're heading into the holiday spirit, we figured now would be a good time to share this extra bonus series with you, usually reserved for our Patreon supporters over at www.patreon.com forward slash writer's share, so you can head on into 2021 having learned from some of the biggest mistakes that we've made along a combined 10 years of our author journeys. Enjoy the series. We hope you find it useful. They could be watched in any order, so find the ones that apply most to you. Have an amazing holiday break, and we will see you very soon. What's the one thing that all great writers have in common? They all learn
1: from their mistakes. Whether you're full-time, part-time, or just starting out, this Great Writers Learn miniseries will give you a behind-the-curtains look at two independent authors and the struggles they've faced along the way. You can shortcut the success of your career by learning from their blunders. Welcome to Great Writers Learn, with your hosts, best-selling authors Daniel Wilcox and John L. Monk.
0: Hello and welcome to Rights and Wrongs, a great writers learn mini-series in which we explore the behind the scenes of author craft, take a retrospective look at some of the biggest mistakes that we've made, and share fundamental lessons learned so that you can learn from our errors and accelerate your author career. My name's Daniel Wilcox and with me every single week is the incredible John L. Monk. Hello John. What? (laughs) How's it going? (laughs) Not bad, not bad at all. Um, today, we're going to be exploring the topic of marketing for authors, sharing some of our own personal mistakes and errors that we've learned to avoid by watching others. So when we talk about marketing, um, I think I said I was going to take the lead on this one. So marketing, uh, generally, we look at how we are trying to sell books to our customers. Um, but as someone who has worked in marketing for uh, Probably half a decade before this, it's it gets a lot bigger than that, and I think that it's very easy to confuse marketing with sales. Um, like I say, marketing—you can look at the the number of books you're selling, how much money you're making. Those are great uh, metrics to measure your success by. But marketing can go a lot wider than that in terms of making sure you're building reader trust, making sure you're connecting with people, the emotional uh, bonds that you build with your readers and your fellow writers and other people that you impact along the way. Um, there's a whole there's a whole big scope to marketing, but um, I think some of the biggest things that we could probably address in this conversation are things like uh, how we promote through mailing lists, social media, newsletter swaps, paid ads, um, and even potentially look a bit of look at a little bit of content marketing. Um, do you want to dive into any of your particular pieces here, John?
1: Um, I would say probably just right up. Uh, marketing is also an activity, and I see a lot of authors that aren't doing anything. Mm. One of my rules is always be doing something and that's something to sell your books. Uh, You know, it's good for your mind and soul to know that you're up to something. Uh, It's good for your wallet because certain things will strike. It's like throwing a, throwing a worm out into the pond kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's good for your brain because you learn, you know, you learn when you try different things. So
0: I think that's very important. Absolutely. Do you have any particular platforms that you are using for your marketing, or any that you advocate for more so than others.
1: Yeah, over the years, uh, I've I did I, you know I used to do a lot of the uh, the lists, the companies out there that do the lists like Bookbub and E N T, that's E Reader News Today, uh, Book Barbarian, uh, the Pixel of Ink, uh, those kinds of things. Those were the ones I first started off on, and they actually moved a lot of books, uh, especially when you did free deals and stuff. Uh, Bookbub, you know, I've had a couple, but you know, you can't really depend on Bookbub. (laughs) Mm. They uh, they are so hard to get, but they will sell. They will sell books. Mm. Um, Other than that, I would probably say Amazon. Amazon ads have done lots for me. I don't mind when I release a new book, selling, um, spending way more money than I'm getting, just slamming. uh, And what you're doing is you're paying for sales rank. Yes. You know, uh, you just feel free to lose as much money as you possibly can. When you, when you sell a first, you sell a book <laughs> that's brand new over on Amazon, uh, because later they're not going to, if you have a nice old book, they're probably not going to put your ads up in front of anybody. So, you know, that's the other thing.
0: Yeah. And it's definitely become more of a, over the years, it's become more of a, a paid platform, particularly those types of ads. Um, if you're, if you're looking at getting started into the writing, um, arena, then it's definitely worth putting some kind of budget aside for marketing, because as much as you can do a lot of free things with newsletter swaps with other authors, um, you could put things up on book funnel or prolific works and do sort of group giveaways and things. There is an element of, in order to try and expand and keep reaching reaching new readers, you're going to have to put some kind of money in because you've got things like Amazon ads now, you've got things like Facebook ads, you've got Bookbub, BookBub ads. And because they are so competitive and the market is there's still plenty of room for people to join, but the market is getting more and more crowded. Um, You definitely want to be able to make sure that you're putting some kind of cash into it. Now, I think one of the things that will dominate this conversation is that there are so many different ways to market your book that you need to be doing a few, at least you can't, I don't think you can rely simply on just using one avenue to promote your book and then just using that for life. Um, you, You're going to have to constantly be contacting your current readers that you've got, trying to reach out to find new readers, um, people it's worth definitely looking at the sales funnel and where you get, how you reach new readers and and drive them further and further into your brand, your books so that you can create long-term readers that, that love you and what you do. Because as I say, there are so many authors out there and we live in a world in which everything is go, go, go. Attention is, attention is the currency. Um, and all of that comes from things like watching Netflix and how everyone's got entertainment just coming out the wazoo. If you don't like one thing, something else will grab your attention very, very quickly. So it's definitely, it's a, it's a, a competition to try and see who you can bring into into your world and who you can keep there as well.
1: Yeah. And the best type of marketing, of course, is word of mouth. Mm Uh, you know, just really nail the content, uh, hit the, hit the tropes. You know, uh, we've talked about that before. Um, Make sure you have all the good, the good covers. You got everything going on there and the story is tight and the writing is good. And that way when people pick up your books, they start telling people. Uh, the first indie book I ever read in my life, I didn't even know indie writing was a thing. I seriously did not. And this is back in like 2010 or 2011 or something. And somebody told me, I need to just read Nathan Lowell's uh, Quarter Share. And uh, I read it and I didn't know it was indie, indie writing. And I finished it and I told my friend, wow, that was incredible. I'm going to pick up Half Share. He's got another book. Huh. And then he's like, did you know he's an indie author? And he's like, what do you mean indie? He's a like, self-published author. And I'm like, you mean those people that uh, that sell books out of the trunk of their car? <laughs> and uh, he says, man, you got to catch up. Mm. And I'd always been trying to write and sell to the agents and stuff. And I was never, or you know, to, to publishers and everything. And sort of that opened my mind of my world, but I started off with Nathan Lowell and he absolutely killed it such that my friend could have no problem whatsoever telling me about this guy's book.
0: Yeah. Word of mouth is, is the biggest, the biggest seller, particularly if you you can get in with a group of, even if there's a, a reader's group or something you can get in with, or just people constantly just pushing it, um, and ways to cultivate those relationships. Uh, I mean, how fundamental do you, th- do you think things like newsletter and mailing lists are? Because I've heard a lot of people um, questioning the premise of a mailing list at this point, but uh, what, what are your opinions on mailing lists?
1: Well, probably more traditional in the sense of uh, indie authors, which is they're awesome to have, they're great to cultivate, uh, because you can you can always take it with you. If you've got 50,000 people in your mail- mailing list and they're really interested in your stuff, they didn't just get it You know, because of uh, some prize giveaway, and then they signed up for it, meaning they read your book, they loved it. Uh, Maybe they even spammed you with love letters about how awesome the series is, and they got on your list. You know, that's gold. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have a lot of gold. I think I have maybe five or 600 people if I take all my little lists and put them all together. And that's another thing, by the way, is genre hopping, which we'll talk about later. But if you're genre hopping, you're not going to get a big one list. You're going to get a lot of little lists.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, you definitely hit a good point there as well in terms of if you buy readers or bribe them in some way, you're not really cultivating strong people who are going to follow you from book to book. The best the best readers that you can get for your books, for your series, are the people that that find the books, the people that love the books, and the people that stick with you. There's a... I always forget the guy who um, who's the brains behind it, but there's a, there's a fantastic article online called The 1000 True Fans. Um, have you read that, John?
1: No, I didn't
0: read really that. No. Well, I mean, the but principle is... Yeah. I might know that you've told me. Definitely. <laughs> but the principle, just um, you know, to, to paraphrase it all, is that if you can successfully find 1,000 people who love what you do, who advocate for everything you do and buy everything that you put out, that's all you really need to have a successful business that is whipping you out of the day job and into a full-time career depending on obviously what you do and and how, how how much you charge for your books and how often you release but the general principle is if you can cultivate that list if you can really bring in these advocates for your work then if you've got a thousand true fans keep them with you they'll promote for you and you just all you need to do is write for them so there's a big push where the marketing outlook used to be let's try and hit absolutely everyone Everyone needs to hear about what you're doing. But more and more now people are saying cultivate these small groups because if you can really, really reel in the loyal fans, the people that are reaching out to you, emailing you, buying every book, telling you how much they love you, leaving the reviews every time, they're yeah. the people you need. And I think a lot of focus from people is put into always reaching those new readers as opposed to looking after the the fans that they already have.
1: Yeah, um, I'll tell you right now the the Facebook group uh, Lit RPG and Game Lit Society and Lit RPG books these are a couple of different groups these are the most active fans um, that I've seen on Facebook Corinne uh, and I haven't been in the romance groups that probably exist or fantasy but this is a very specific genre with a very very ra- rabid fan base and they if they pick up something that they like. It explodes like the coronavirus through the community. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little tie in there. Yeah, uh, you know. So uh, that's what you want is you want and you're gonna you're, and you're gonna get that not through flashy covers. Flashy covers will pick up a couple of different readers, um, and that's important too. But they're gonna they're gonna talk about the book like crazy if you write good books. Mm-hmm. So it always comes back to you know it always comes back to content. On the one hand, you you promise something. You say beautiful cover, beautiful title, cool, cool blurb, right? And on the other hand, you have to deliver. And that's the thing. If you're looking for the
0: next best thing to invest in, try investing in your long-term health with Forward. Forward is intelligent medicine with a personal touch. Their doctors are dedicated to catching top killers like cancer and heart disease early, which could save you tens of thousands of dollars in the long run. So invest in a doctor that's invested in you. Visit GoForward.com to learn more about how Forward can help you manage your long-term health risks for one flat monthly fee. That's GoForward.com. Yeah, deliver. And uh, there's definitely an element of being sure to, that you're genuine. I think it's really easy as a reader to, to smell out when someone's being disingenuous and just trying to lure you into some kind of trap so they can make money. Um, I think author brand ties in a lot. And I think we'll be talking about author brand soon as well. Um, that ties in a lot with with your marketing because how you interact with people across any of your communications represents your books and whether or not people will buy them. And it also re- represents you. And to gain those those true fans, they really need to connect with you on an emotional level. I know a lot of authors who, when they're sending their mailing lists, they they'll promote a book, but at the same time, they'll have a big, article at the beginning about what they've been doing what they've eaten for lunch the day they spent probably doing nothing in quarantine (laughs) um but you know i mean like they're really connecting with the the their fans on that emotional human level and showing that there's someone else behind behind the curtain
1: yeah if you're gonna do the whole you know mailing list thing um don't do what i do which is mail them only when you got a book to sell okay you know you want to be smart about it You want to have maybe like uh, at least once a month, they should expect something from you. Um, At the very least, you'd start weeding out people who uh, who needed to unsubscribe on a more or less regular basis. One thing you don't want to do is blast them with something after a year or two of nothing, and then suddenly 50 people unsubscribe. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think um, MailChimp will actually potentially close your account because they think you're spamming if you get too many unsubscribes. Interesting. Yeah that's, yeah, that's what I've heard. I haven't had that. Mm.
0: So. It's an it's an ongoing relationship. It's, I mean, I think gone are the days in which obviously we can rely on people just to push our products and put it out there and reach the people we want to reach. We have to, particularly as indie authors, we have to really connect with people and make an effort and and communicate and keep that relationship going. Um, what's your What's your opinion on social media?
1: Right, Big
0: Facebook.
1: <laughs> well, the social. Well, first off, when I first started this whole thing. Uh, I was doing the dumb thing, which is uh, buy my book, buy my book over on Twitter, right? <laughs> screaming it into it, not even an echo chamber. It was just like, it was just screaming it. And I didn't have any followers. No, I would pay for people to scream it.
0: I've definitely been they, there. It was just so <laughs> stupid
1: and dumb. Listen to me,
0: internet. I've got a book. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. But when it comes to social media, the keyword is social you don't want to use people, but you know, kind of you do, but you don't really want to, but you kind of do. So, you know, you can do Facebook ads, which you're not really using anybody, right. You're just putting it out there, but you're probably basing it off of some sort of maybe your mailing list. You can do lookalike ads, you know, the people who have hit like on your page. So now they're going to be seeing it. So you probably don't want to necessarily have a lot of authors who have liked your page because then, just a bunch of authors are going to be looking at your stuff. You really want
0: readers. That's, that's um, a very important point because it's very easy just to, to reach out to all the authors around you to almost make it, to help inflate your numbers. And they're not the people you're trying to sell your book to, unless you're nonfiction for writers.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's that for sure. Um, the other thing I found extremely helpful, at least once, right, was uh, there was an author, I won't say the name, but he, you know, he, he had a really huge following, okay, on Facebook. Um, you may or may not have heard of him, but I'm not going to say his name. It's me, and he's <laughs> <laughs> <it's> not. <laughs> he knew I was writing a book, he knew the writing was good quality, and he was like, Hey, you know, uh, if you want, I can, I like to hit my mailing list or not my mailing list, my Facebook fans, uh, with new stuff all the time. So that I'm not just talking about what I had for breakfast and stuff like that. So he'd like doing this. Uh, this is years ago, I don't even know if he does it anymore, but um. He's like, would you like, uh, you know, give me 20 bucks and I'll boost it 20 bucks. So I'm not earning anything. And uh, I was like, yeah, that'd be really cool. Thank you. And he did it. And it actually resulted in a lot of conversion. Wow. So if you, if you do have people out there who do have big, like you don't necessarily have to have a great big uh, Mm -hmm. Facebook presence, but if you know somebody who does and they like your stuff and you're not being a parasite who your first Three words to them after they hit accept on your on your friend request is hey, can you promote me on your page? Mm. You know, maybe, um, you know, maybe that, maybe that could be something, yeah. Or being in Facebook groups with other authors can lead to things like relationships and relationships where they peek at your writing quality and you peek at their writing quality and decide, okay, maybe we could, uh, we, we could leech off each other a little bit. I'll promote to my list and you promote to your list, yeah. You know, it shouldn't be the first three words when you first meet somebody. Hey, why don't you promote me to your list?
0: Yeah, and it's important, like you say there, that you you're vetting the people that you're recommending, because if you've if you've somehow managed to accrue a list of two, three, four, twenty thousand people, um, and you're promising them that a recommendation that you've been given is good, when really all it is is an author that's trying to you know buy their way onto your list, and you deliver a poor quality book to your fans, they're not going to trust you anymore, and that will. Leads to further um, unsubscribes because what what they've come onto your list for is to get quality work from yourself to hear about you. If you're then peddling other people's books that aren't that great, then they're gonna they're gonna start having doubts about you. And trust is the number one thing that is very very quick to to lose and very very difficult to gain. So you want to make sure that you you're recommending quality stuff. Um, one thing that I, I find did. oh go ahead sorry. Uh, one thing that I find super interesting in running the the Great Writer Share podcast is we speak to authors all the time who excel on particular platforms. So people, because there are so many social media platforms now, if you look at YouTube, Snapchat, TikTok, Patreon, Instagram, Twitter, the whole, the whole shebang, there are people that they focus and they dial on one particular platform and they make that their home. Um, one thing that I'm working on at the minute is I'm growing my Instagram base just to see if, see how that translates into, into readership. Um, and the fan base is growing. I'm yet to actually release a book through that as a method. Um, but there's definitely a lot of weight in terms of there's uh, the, what they call the hashtag bookstagram community of just avid readers who love connecting with writers. Um, and so I'm kind of putting seeds in there, meeting people, networking, enjoying it, being social. Um, you definitely need to enjoy the platform that you've chosen to, to dive into. Instagram, huh?
1: Is there pictures? Yes. Like, what do you do, picture your dog and say, and uh, this is a picture of my dog. This is how I looked when I was writing a book.
0: <laughs> so uh, my, my images are a bit of a mixture of, again, it's almost like the newsletter. So there are some where it's basically me enjoying being outside. Um, as a horror author, it's really difficult to put nice pictures because obviously that's not the brand you're trying to create. Um, but I'll put pictures of books that I've been reading, yeah, works in progress, um, other things that might resonate with, with um, followers. But what you find on there is there is a massive network of, um, and actually I'm trying to get a couple of people from the books at Graham community onto my show because they have, you know, 40,000 people following their account and, and they are reviewers. They're just they're, I'd say just book reviewers, but they, they spend their time uploading really great quality pictures of, of people's books with their own review. And then they have floods of fans reading it. So it's almost like a digital word of mouth that is accelerating quite a few people's careers. So, um, Again, it's something—it's something to look into uh, with with most social media platforms. Again, find one that you connect with and that you can do well, as opposed to just trying to half-ass one. But no, it's 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 worked Uh, so far in terms of um, building a Patreon following for my my fiction, which is nice.
1: So here's the thing: I just started kind of like a new side hobby—you know, photography. I like taking Mm -hmm. pictures of vegetables and plants and 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 like flowers. For some reason, it's just really cool. (laughs) Mushrooms and stuff. So can I like say hey this is a flower that I took while I was writing a book. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you just put it up there. Yeah, I mean by all means I'll, um, I'll pop a link in the show notes for anyone that wants to check. Yeah, I want to, I want to
1: take a, I want to take a look at your Instagram and it just seems so odd to me that Instagram would be a source of uh, marketing but see this is why I come on here. It's not just to act like I know everything, but to find out stuff. So yeah, this is very
0: cool. <laughs> like I said, I've got no evidence that it, it will massively impact my own career, but you know, it, it, it nothing but so faith. faith <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, I I think we should probably wrap the the topic up here. Marketing is is a massive one, um, really, and we've only really kind of scratched the surface of it. Do you do you have any final words before we we wrap it up? And we we could potentially do another one of these further down the line. No,
1: yeah, no, that's it. I uh, I basically covered the the breadth
0: of everything I know about marketing. Yeah. Perfect. So, <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you everyone for joining us for this episode. Thank you to John for keeping me company as always. And if you've got your own lessons or cautionary tales regarding marketing for authors that you're dying to share, then you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash great writers, share, leave a comment at facebook.com slash groups, slash great writers, share, or tag us with hashtag learn. Join us next time when we'll be exploring the rights and wrongs of genre hopping. And once again, nice to talk to you, John. Yep, it was cool. See you. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Great Writers Learn mini-series, Rights and Wrongs. If you're looking for even more content created specifically to boost your creative well and accelerate your author career, then head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Share and get involved in the community. From all of us here over at the Great Writers Share HQ, including myself, Holly Lyne, John Crinan, and Faye Trask, have an amazing Christmas, and here's to an incredible 2021. Until next time. Hello, this is Hannah from Red Handed. Would you like to watch something scary, like really scary. So scary you'll hide behind the sofa. Then you need Shudder. Shudder offers everything from the latest releases like The Boy Behind the Door and Psycho Gorman to untouchable favourites like The Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Halloween. Polygon describes Shudder as a horror movie paradise. And they aren't wrong. Shudder is the ultimate collection of classic and original horror which pushes boundaries and showcases original storytelling with something new to watch every week it's available right now ad-free and on demand through all of the platforms you already use sign up now at shudder.com that's s-h-u-d-d-e-r.com shudder so good it's scary